the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Kathy, uh, when you were a kid, did you play with dolls? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had certain dolls I played with, and my favorite being, of course, the Barbie head. Just the head? Just the head. You know the head. Oh, oh, oh. Remember right. that creepy head? That was the head? makeup head. Right. It was the makeup. Uh, and the hair. Mm-hmm. John, it wasn't just makeup. Right, right. I also did uh, deeply love the uh, condominium with the elevator. Barbie's condo? Uh-huh. With an elevator. Really? Because that was awesome. We didn't have that. No. We, we just had, you know, so I had five sisters. We had a bag of Barbies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My and, kids had the bag of Barbies. Right. And I still have a lot of those Barbies in my house. Were they all? I think a lot of ours were like knockoffs. Oh, I bought. I never bought a new Barbie for my kids. Mm-hmm. They, if you go to a yard sale, you can get twenty good-looking <laughs> Barbies for a buck. Right. Okay. So I, I bring this up because I mean, most kids have played with dolls. Mm-hmm. Look, look, me with five sisters. You had no choice. You poor I, thing. I played with dolls. That's <laughs> how it was. So uh, we saw an article about uh, now that uh, Mattel is doing um, gender. Neutral dolls, right? Now, not Barbie, not no, Ken, no, but a brand new doll line. Mm-hmm. Mike, you got the audio here. Uh, play the commercial. In our world, dolls are as limitless as the kids who play with them. Introducing Creatable World, a doll line designed to keep labels out and invite everyone in, making play more inclusive than ever before. Creatable world. All welcome. Okay. Making play more inclusive than ever before. Look, when, I, mean, I when, didn't know the... I, I didn't realize play was exclusive before. Well, I guess there's, you know, some kids are invited in, some kids are not, right? That's the playground rules. That's how it's always been anyway. Well, that's the way it is on the playground, but that doesn't have anything to do with your doll. No. It has to do with the other people who are on your playground. Right. Okay, so the news is that Barbie, the, Mattel, the creators of Barbie, they have, I think, seven or eight different styles of dolls. They are not, you know, in the mold of adult dolls. They are kid dolls. You know, they look like little kids. Right. Which... Is you, creepier. Uh, actually, they, uh, I have no problem with the okay. appearance. You can also take off one hair, put on another hair, but they are all pretty much androgynous, I mm-hmm. guess I would call them. Wouldn't you say so? Yes, I would say that. Right. Um, I think, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I, you, of course, you know we were going to go right. there. Okay, I, so you think it's fine. Which, it is which fine. Which is fine. It's, I think it's ridiculous. Well, I have a thing about Barbies. I just got to tell you this. Well, when, So going back maybe a decade, the big angst against Barbie was that she was perpetuating unfair body type right. stereotypes body shape stereotypes right. right now i gotta tell you this that is so overblown 
I think that is absolutely crazy. I think that's people reading their issues onto a doll. Because here's the thing. I played with Barbies when I was little. I never had a body that looked like Barbies. You know why? Because they don't exist. Because if you, you've seen what an actual woman would look like if she had the same measurements or the same proportions as Barbie right. and she'd fall over because she couldn't walk. Yeah. So I never looked at myself and then Barbie and said, I am a failure because right. I don't look like Barbie. You're less than. I never thought that. Neither one of my daughters ever looked like Barbie or had the same proportions as Barbie. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember them looking at Barbie and saying, Mommy, I am a failure right. because I don't look like Barbie. I think that is an adult political perspective on a kid doll. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're right about that. I, I'm curious about you know the psychology and or marketing behind the original Barbie, that someone who would make the Barbie doll would make it in those dimensions. Th- that's a curiosity to it me. It is a curiosity, but that's like – that's what – that's what society does to women. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm endorsing it, but I'm also saying that's kind of what it is. Right. So what was the – Barbie came out when? Like 62? Some... Oh, I've, I would have thought it was earlier than that, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, you're right because I'm they guessing. wouldn't have had a lot of great you know, plastic 30 years earlier. came out yeah. in 1959. 59. Okay. okay. All right. So, so, of course, that's the Mad Men era, right? right. Um, that was the ideal of beauty. Plus, does think of baby dolls. Does – Every baby doll look like a newborn? No. Does any baby doll look like a newborn? Well, there's some that, you know, try to, you know, ascend to that. No, no, no. They look like pretty newborns. They don't look like newborns. <laughs> you know why? Well, because newborn yeah, babies yeah. are weird looking. Oh, my gosh. They, they look ever? like aliens yeah, or fish or what? I mean, Takes all, a while for things to settle down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So all of the newborn baby dolls are prettier versions mm-hmm. of an actual newborn baby. Right. That's the ki- That's the. Are there American Girl dolls that look ugly? Uh, I don't know, because I don't know American Girl Okay, well, let me, trust me when I tell you, all the American Girl dolls are beautiful. Uh Okay, so there's a beautiful African-American doll. There's a beautiful Frontier doll. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful Native American doll. They're all beautiful. Well, every every woman does not look, or did not when they were 11, look like those American Girl dolls. Of course not. But it's a doll. That's what dolls do. It's an ideal. It's an ideal. Yeah. So why... Are we all of a sudden like taking the Mattel Corporation to task because they're not presenting us with some with like the accurate, accurate real life image? Well, they no doll maker has ever done that. Yeah. No, I, I just think Mattel is being smart here that this is oh, a marketing op- it's a marketing opportunity to seize yeah, upon the moment yeah, you're and right. to take some Look, I mean, the idea of a a, a a doll that looks like a little kid, okay, sure why not? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And Mattel's going to do just fine with this People are going to buy this doll You're right. a lot. People will buy it because they have a political perspective right. that they are seeing reinforced with the Mattel Corporation. Right. So, so I guess you're right. That's so if a, you knew a little a smart, girl. That's a smart marketing move. Right. So if, if you knew a little girl, right, and you think, oh, it's her birthday, I want to buy her a doll, and you were in the toy aisle, does it even does that even exist anymore, the toy it aisle? Does, it does exist. Does it? Where is the toy aisle? In, Not Toys I mean, R Us. I just saw um, a, a toy aisle in Target just yesterday. Oh, okay. Which, you know, it's interesting because the toy aisles in Target are now gender nonspecific. You know that. There's no boy aisle. I there's didn't no girl that. aisle. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So... Given the choice, if you're going to buy a doll for a little girl, maybe you know six, seven, eight years old, and you had a choice between a Barbie and the new gender 
non-specific doll, my guess is a lot of people would go for the gender non-specific doll, thinking they were doing something good. Right, because they were they're being open minded and progressive, right. and that's how everyone's supposed to be. Right, that's exactly it. So, Come on. so Mattel's doing okay, the, the, fine. the marketing so they'll thing. Make, they'll make Taking a ton of money bank. off of it. Probably so. I guess the problem I have. Would you buy it? No, you wouldn't. No, but of course I'm not buying any new Barbie ever. Well, you for have any two reason. nieces. I'm not. I would never buy a new Barbie doll because mm-hmm. you can go to a yard sale and get one. Like I said, twenty for a buck. You better bring some wipes. Because you know <laughs> they've nasty. been all over the place. Oh, listen. I had this special, like, Barbie. It was like an acid bath. I'd put them in to make sure that they weren't An acid bath. <laughs> you need to clean them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A communicable disease. Right, I mean, right. you don't know when you're buying them at a yard no, sale. of course you don't. Look, yeah. we need to stop looking at our dolls as some sort of standard we have to live up to. Right. Okay, I mean, so, that's crazy. So if they're doing a gender-specific or gender-nonspecific Barbie dolls, you see the thing out of uh, Portland that the uh, city of Portland... <laughs> <laughs> which is, of course, the TV show Portlandia. This is not too far from the truth here. Portland, the city of Portland, has now banned urinals to respect, quote, shared values. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Yeah, so they're gonna they're, they're gonna go into all the city buildings, apparently. And take out all the urinals. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. and why? At a cost of some $200 million. See... We've lost our minds. Yeah, it's Portland's we lost have our lost minds. our minds. No doubt about that. Yeah. So that is a good use of public funds is yep. to go in and take urinals out to, to replumb. Well, what's going to be interesting? Public bathrooms in Portland—that's so, a good use of money. So public you know, money, of taxpayer money. You go to the theater now, and all the guys are you know in using the urinals, and there's no line in the men's room. Now there'll be lines in the men's rooms. Good, and you guys right? exactly. Yes, right? and you can thank all your progressive politicians for thinking of you first. That's not going to happen, is it? That's not going to work well. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trump administration has uh, placed new uh, structures on the number of refugee, refugees allowed in the country. I think it's a, a low of like 18,000 people allowed in the country this year. Uh, a few years ago, it was like 95,000 people. We'll talk about that. What does that mean for the United States and especially as people of faith? Uh, to uh, invite those, mm-hmm. those lost, those needing sanctuary into the United States. Stick around for that. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. W-O-R-D. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now the question is, how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats 
inside too with lots of pumpkin creations pumpkin pie pumpkin cookies pumpkin bread pumpkin custard and even pumpkin black bean chili every october saturday features a family-friendly meal and october sundays feature our 4-h hog roast with all the fixins plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the spring house in 84 pa 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com from the moment you met it's as if you were custom made for each other why should your jewelry be any different trinity jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. As a doctor who provided medical care to remote islands, Dr. Ben LeBreau has seen some things. Piracy, hurricanes, being struck by lightning. While most of us can't relate to confrontations with pirates, we get that life comes with risk, but retirement shouldn't. That's why Dr. Ben purchased an annuity to secure a protected income stream for the rest of his life. Find out more at retireyourrisk.org. Brought to you by the Alliance for Lifetime Income, the sole sponsor of the 2019 Rolling Stones No filter u.s tour at extreme car and truck in bridgeville find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners tonneau covers weather tech floor liners and more say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing plus lift kits electronics and remote starters always a favorite extreme car and truck in bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net United States Department has proposed, U.S. State Department, proposed a stark reduction in the annual number of refugees that are allowed to be resettled in the country. Here to talk to us about this is Matthew Sorens. Matthew is World Relief's U.S. Director of Church Mobilization. There is an article in Christianity Today, Don't Underestimate the Impact of Lowering the U.S. Refugee Ceiling. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me. Matthew, you've worked for a lot of years at World Relief, and so you know how things go with the State Department and how they interface with in, the, how they interface with local churches and communities. Tell me what this type of new regulation would mean. Yeah, so I mean, the most significant impact uh, is just the the numbers, right? So um, every year, the president sets the ceiling on the total number of refugees allowed to the U.S. The average number over the last four decades has been about ninety five thousand. That's been lowered over the last few years down to 30,000 last year. And then for the year that the federal fiscal year that just began the other day, it's now set at 18,000, wow. which is lower than ever since the refugee program began in 1980. Right. Well, so, so what does it mean that someone's classified as a refugee? What type of life uh, experience or situation do they have to exhibit? Yeah, that's a great question. So under U.S. law, a refugee is an individual who has fled their country because of a well-founded fear of persecution that is specifically on account of their race, religion, political opinion, national origin, or social group. So, for example, a lot of the groups we've seen in recent years, and this is all decisions that our government makes overseas, um, are people persecuted for their faith, um, often their Christian faith, for example, out of Iraq or Iran or or Burma, um, sometimes for other religious traditions like Jewish refugees out of Iran or the Rohingya, who are mostly Muslim in Burma. Um, other times it's based on ethnicity or a political opinion. Um, we've seen a lot of Congolese refugees fleeing the civil war and the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is kind of an ethnic conflict um, with political dynamics. 
So those decisions are made by our government overseas. It's never been more than one half of one percent of the world's refugees who get selected, but it's gone from roughly one half of one percent during the, the Bush administration, the Obama administration, down to now less than one tenth of one percent of the world's refugees who will have that opportunity for a settlement. Right. So, Matthew, there, there really is no good news in this. The president has made this uh, one of the center points of his uh, first campaign to be elected and, of course, be, to be reelected as well. Essentially, though, the president, you know, um, as he's trying to help Christians here in the U.S., he's throwing the baby out with the bathwater because many of the refugees are coming in are also believers in Jesus. That's very much true. Over the last five years, most refugees who've come to the U.S. have been Christians, and many of them are specifically persecuted because of their Christian faith. So wow. we've already seen those numbers decline really starkly. I mean, from fiscal year 2016 to the year that just ended, the decline among Iraqi Christians was roughly 95%. I mean, this is a, a place where our State Department says Christians are facing genocide. Um, the numbers are similar out of Iran. Um, not as stark, but still a significant decline from Christians in Syria. And that's a situation that the president actually specifically said in his first week in office, he was going to make it easier for Syrian refugees who were Christians to come to the U.S. So, you know, we're really concerned with that. We're concerned with other refugees of other backgrounds as well. But as a Christian and as a Christian organization, of course, you know, this has been a lifeline for persecuted Christians. And our concern is it won't be at least to the same level that it historically has been. Matthew Sorens is with us, World Relief's U.S. Director of Church Mobilization and co-author of a really good book. Um, you, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Welcoming the Stranger, Justice, Compassion, and Truth in the Immigration Debate. Um, Matthew, for our listeners, I think it's important to draw a distinction between illegal immigration and refugees. Um, can you talk about those different designations? Yeah, yeah. So there's all varieties of ways that people get to the United States, a variety of different legal manners, and then, of course, there's some who come unlawfully. Um, anyone who comes through the U.S. Refugee Resettlement Program, which is what we're talking about here, is someone who was identified by the U.S. government abroad and invited to the U.S. They have lawful status from the moment that they arrive. They're authorized to work, and they're connected from the moment that they arrive to a resettlement agency. That's most of those. There's nine of those national level releases, one of them. Most of them are faith-based, so we're um, uh, uh, our parent organization is the National Association of Evangelicals. And we're there uh, with our staff and usually with a team from a local church to help people with that adjustment from the moment that they arrive. And one concern I have is, is those lawful options for those with a genuine, credible fear of persecution are diminished. Right. We actually are going to see more people who are very desperate trying to come in right. other than lawful ways or, or to request asylum, which is another lawful process, but is when you show up on your own and request asylum. It's it's such a frustrating perspective on immigration, and we all know that the system is broken, so it's no news for anybody. But it's just one of those moments where you think, you know, for all of us who want there to be a legal system that's orderly and helpful, both for the immigrant and for our country, we realize that it's so difficult for people who want to get in, who want to learn how to be Americans, who want to escape where they're coming from. We're making it so hard on them. We're forcing them to come in illegally or what, stay where they are? Yeah, and I think in many cases that's true. And I think that's part of what we're seeing with Central Americans. So Central Americans, like El Salvador or Honduras or Guatemala, they're a small part of the overall number who come to the U.S. as refugees. They're mostly from Africa, the Middle East, or Southeast Asia. But we did have more than 1,000 Salvadoran refugees come in in fiscal year 2017. That number fell by more than 70% last year, and it's likely to continue to fall. And the effect is, some of the dynamics we see at the border where people come and they're trying to request asylum, which is another lawful process. But to request asylum, you have to get to the United States. So you have significant increases in the number of people coming to the border. 
in a not very orderly fashion in a very dangerous journey for them through Mexico as well. And it's really, we could do this in a much more orderly, safe legal process. Matthew Sorens, his article is called Don't Underestimate the Impact of Lowering the U.S. Refugee Ceiling. So, Matthew, in the article in Christianity Today, you cite a poll that shows that just 25 percent of white evangelicals believe the United States has a responsibility to welcome refugees. And you say that this is far lower than any other religious denomination in the country. I mean, we are called to welcome the refugee. It is biblical by nature. So what's wrong with us? That's a great question. I, you know, I wrestle with I, it. Maybe the way the poll is phrased, or because I will say, if we work with thousands of local churches that are caring for refugees in really self-sacrificial ways, but when a poll like that comes out, and I can't speak to the methodology, but a lot of Americans see that poll. They hear that news right. that oh, evangelicals are people who don't like refugees, and I really don't think that's an, an, the nuanced story. I think there's lots of evangelical Christians who, who care very deeply for refugees, and others who just don't understand what a refugee is. But when that's our reputation, I do feel like it's really a hindrance to, to our witness, to who Jesus is. Yeah. Okay, so before we let you go, talk to us about your organization, about World Relief, and, and what you're doing to help this along. Yeah, well, so our mission at World Relief is, has been for 75 years to empower the local church to serve the vulnerable. So we do that overseas and working with refugees and some of directly where people are fleeing. Uh, but we also, for more than 40 years now, have been a part of the U.S. Refugee Settlement Program. So we're there at the airport to welcome families. The numbers are going down, but we will still be there for those arriving and to serve the refugees as well as other immigrants who are already in the community. And we definitely need support from churches, from individuals to make that ministry happen. Well, Matthew, thanks enough a lot. Your voice is certainly welcome here at Word FM. Matthew Sorens from World Relief, also the co-author of Welcoming the Stranger, Justice, Compassion, and Truth in the Immigration Debate. you met. It's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. 
They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. What are you doing to enhance your marriage? Take that initiative just to get away and to spend time with each other. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. Our life was so out of whack. We said, this is crazy. I thought everything was fine, you know. The Weekend to Remember is coming to the Pittsburgh Marriott North, November 1st and 8th. Everyone needs a little bit of guidance. Register now and say big. Use promo code WEEKEND at theweekendtoremember.com. Ooh, we ought to go check this out. You know what the price of gas is right now? Doesn't matter how many dollars and who cares since. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit CircleK.com slash EasyPay for more details. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Mostly cloudy tonight, warm and humid with a couple of showers, low 67. Tomorrow will stay mainly cloudy. It'll be another warm and humid day with a couple of showers and even a thunderstorm around, especially for the afternoon high tomorrow, 83. Cooler tomorrow night, low 55. Then for Friday, much cooler and less humid with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Friday's high, 63 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. There's so many good songs. You sure are. Gosh. That's Sting, of course. you got to know that. I mean, it's a, a singular sound. You know, Pittsburgh has some sort of, you know, claim to fame because they brought the police in at the decade in Oakland, way back like in the late, or mid to late 70s, mm-hmm. as the police was not even, you know, blossoming on the national scene. But Sting, after he left the police, had a massive solo career. Yeah, but his career with the police was massive, too. Oh, it sure was, yeah. There we go. That's good. How old do you think Sting is today? Okay, so... um... We've been talking about this, you know, because we do these, you know, celebrity birthdays from time to time. You know, all these guys are the same age or pretty much, you know, in that same generation, like Springsteen. I think Springsteen just turned 70. Uh, not that long ago, we talked about um, Phil Collins. Phil Collins was in his late 60s. Did I, I tell you what the name of his tour is? Who? Phil Collins. Uh, what, not not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I imagine you know Springsteen, Phil Collins, Sting. They're all pretty much the same age. So I would say, I um I would say Sting is uh, late sixties, like sixty nine maybe. Sixty eight. Okay. Very very yeah. good. Thank you very much. Give me another one, Mike. Oh, this is the stalker song. Oh yeah, this is the. It is. It is. It's a little much. You don't want that guy around. Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be 
Yeah. yeah, it's creepy. Huh? It is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But it's a good song. So. Yeah, it is a good song. Right? Yeah. Have you ever seen him? You ever seen The Police? I never have. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, much... Would you rather... Okay, do you, no, are you a bigger fan of The Police or Sting? I think the, solo uh, the police. Okay. I'm a bigger fan of Sting's oh, yeah. solo career. Yeah. No, there's something about those three guys. I mean, just cranking it. I mean, it's just big energy. I love this song. Yeah. Crank that up, Mike. Very nice. Okay, so happy birthday, Sting. Um, is- I, heard a, I heard an interview with him one time. Yeah. He said something interesting. He said that he was in a hotel room one time, and he heard the window washer outside yeah. singing Roxanne. <laughs> and he said that was when he realized he'd made it. He said that was the biggest the biggest honor he'd ever had. Yeah, of course. Every, you know, every average Joe yep. singing his music, because he's the chief songwriter, of course. Yeah. Right? He's a terrific his, songwriter. Yeah, he is. What's his real name? Because you know, he wasn't born Sting. No, he's Gordon. Gordon. He's Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know how he got the name? No, how? He was playing, as I remember, he was playing in some kind of like, he was playing in the jazz scene when he was still in high school, I think, and the band leader thought he looked like a bee. Oh, really? Or a wasp. Huh. And so that's where he got the nickname. Well, it's very. It's an apt name because he, he does. Okay, uh, have you ever seen him act? Because he, you know, he had, yeah, he was a peer. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, like some sci-fi things. He looks like he would be. Yeah. He could do sci-fi. Yeah. He could play the alien. He could play the android. Yeah. He. I mean, he had a career. I mean, a, a big career. I, but I wonder what the deal is. You don't see him out touring. Oh, yeah. He's touring. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Was he kind of Oh, yeah. He's touring. He, um, you know, he's been married to Trudy. I forget what her last name was. Trudy Styler, maybe? I don't know. Since uh, early 90s. And uh, he has six kids. Okay. So, you know, he, he was a... It was an English teacher. Right. That's the song, mm-hmm. right? It what is, is the, the song? song? Don't Stand So Close to Me. Right, yeah. Which not, we're not going to play on the air. Now it'll be banned, I think right? That that's probably not yeah. helpful. Um, he, I don't know how much, well, I, I bet I can figure out. 17 Grammy Awards. Whoa. Song of the Year for Every Breath You Take, the Stalker song. Really? Um, best British Male Artist, uh, Golden Globe, an Emmy, four nominations for the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Really? Uh, and in 2019, just this year, he received a BMI award for Every Breath You Take, becoming the most played song in radio history. What? What? Really? There's a lot of stalking going Holy on. Holy heck. Yeah. Okay. So Sting is like, he's all over the place. He's going to be in Minnesota. He's going to be uh, in San Francisco, Washington, D.C. Uh, I'm not, I, no Pittsburgh. I'd go see him. Here, oh, here's I'd love the thing. to see him. Yeah, he is an egomaniac. I mean, well, he most like guys, he, under, he understands everything there is to know about everything. Fine, that's fine. I'm not he going wants to, s- to give us all advice on it. I'm just going to hear his music. I would really just right? rather hear him sing. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, play, or both. Right, yeah. No, he's not coming to Pittsburgh. He's everywhere else. I always find it <laughs> shocking that someone can play the bass and sing at the same time. Why? Oh, I see. I don't know anything about that. Oh, my gosh. It's like two... It's Two totally different things. Yeah, I just can't... Yeah, it's totally different. It's like yeah, you yeah. have to have two brains. Oh, right. It's super impressive to me. Baseline is different than the vocals. incredibly impressive that's to me. That's interesting. All right, well, happy birthday, Sting. Happy birthday, Sting. Knock it out. Okay. Uh, taking a break, coming back. Oh, we're going from Sting to the Book of Esther. I mean, you know, that's pretty common transition. I think lots of people do that. People do that on radio all the time. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Stick around for Esther. It's a subject that many churches won't go near. I'm talking about the doctrines of grace. 
You may know them better as the five points of Calvinism. Controversy aside, the question is, what does the Bible say about these doctrines? I invite you to find out in John MacArthur's study called simply The Doctrines of Grace, starting this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. It's Susan Wallet. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Art, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. With special guest Crowder. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena this Friday. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. If you could ease the suffering of a persecuted Christian right now, would you? Hi, it's Kenny Woods with Word FM, and I know you would. Hebrews 13.3 urges us to remember those who are mistreated, noting that when the body of Christ anywhere suffers, we suffer together. These believers live where evangelism is criminalized, where churches are burned, and where Bibles are scarce. They need the hope found only in God's Word, and your gift today lets them know that they're not forgotten. For only $5, a believer like Anna in Africa will receive a Bible, be discipled in her new faith, and trained to share Christ. $35 sends seven Bibles. $100 sends 20 Bibles. And your gift will help us meet our goal of sending the hope of God's Word to 5,000 persecuted Christians. Become a Bible sender today by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or give at wordfm.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. The book of Ruth, no, not Ruth, Esther. Yes. I mean, I like Ruth too. But Esther, other than Joseph, I think it's my favorite story in the Bible. Why so? Because it's such a, it's like a story that has everything in it. Mm-hmm. It has, um, it has mortal danger. It has racism. It has war between the classes. It has gender issues. It has like undercover spy craft. Right. You've got a hanging at but the end. But one thing it doesn't have, it doesn't have one thing. doesn't have the word God. Which is so strange, isn't it? A book in the Bible that does not reference God. 
Well, Dr. Tremper Longman is back with us. Tremper is the Distinguished Scholar and Professor Emeritus of Biblical Studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Tremper has authored or co-authored more than 30 books, including The Lost World of the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. Tremper, welcome back. How are you, sir? Thanks, John. Thanks, Kathy. Nice to be with you again. So am I right? I mean, the Book of Esther seems to have everything. Uh, yeah, you gave a great list there as well. It's uh, it's an amazing book, and uh, and you're right how striking it is that God is never mentioned explicitly in the book. <laughs> right. Okay, so for people who hear this, they're not familiar with the book of Esther, they hear God's not in it. But the question is, well, then why is it in the Bible? Uh, well, it's in the Bible, I think, for a, a number of reasons, but let's address the uh, the fact that God is not explicitly mentioned there, that doesn't mean that he's not present right. in the book. Um, if you read through the book, which is a book, as you suggest, about uh, uh, delivering God's people from certain destruction, um, the whole book is just filled with a whole bunch of ironic reversals and uh, things that on a surface level, you might interpret it as coincidental, but certainly isn't. Um, while God is never mentioned explicitly, his presence sort of permeates the um, the whole book. So let's just talk. Let's let's sketch the story generally for our listeners, uh, Tremper. So we start out where we've got King Ahasuerus or Xerxes who is married to a woman that he that's just not working with the two of them. Uh, yeah, so uh, so he's throwing this big banquet to impress all of his leaders. Uh, uh, some people speculate, based on something a Greek historian named Herodotus wrote, uh, who was a rough con- uh, contemporary or lived just right after Xerxes and wrote about Xerxes, that this was... Uh, banquet to sort of prepare the troops before going to battle against the Greeks, kind of a Hmm. a pre-football game rally. And so he's trying to demonstrate his wealth and his power, and then he uh, commands his wife to make an appearance, and she refuses, and and this throws uh, the whole project into in the crisis, and <laughs> right. he ultimately sure deposes her. <laughs> right. So Vashti's out because she wouldn't show up when he wanted her to, and so now he needs right. a new. So now he needs a new queen. Right. Exactly. It's interesting. Not immediately. Uh, it says it's a period of time, a year or something passes, and then he decides to uh, do a kind of search for a new a new queen. And uh, that raises all kinds of interesting questions as well, that uh, Esther is chosen. And Esther is chosen. And and so talk about what's unusual about Esther being chosen. Okay, so, um, well, um, first of all, it's, uh, you know, it's often talked about in Sunday school as a kind of um, beauty contest, but uh, really, in a sense, is... uh, uh, one-night stand contest that these women would be prepared for a year and go in and have an evening with the king, and he would either place them in his harem. Uh, so there is a kind of 
marriage relationship involved, a secondary marriage relationship involved, or um, in the case of Esther, she would be chosen to, in essence, replace uh, Vashti. And so the rabbis really kind of had difficulty with this, and they, uh, one rabbi said, you know, um, that Esther was different than the other girls. She went in there, and rather than having sex with them, uh, she read him the Torah, and he was so amazed that, but I don't think that's the way it actually happened. But, <laughs> I've never heard that. That's really funny. So, Tremper, is the but, Book of Esther, is it is it fiction or is it reality? Um, you know, that's, that's a great question, and um, I personally think, in spite of the fact that we need to acknowledge that there are some historical questions still outstanding, I think it's intending to tell us uh, something that actually happened. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a bit of, um, of elaboration, shall we say, in the telling of the story. Yeah. I don't think when you tell a good story, um, you, might, uh, you might elaborate a bit. Uh, and there are, as I say, some questions. I mean, every scholar seems to agree, even those who are skeptical about its essential historicity, agree that for the most part, it seems well situated in the Persian context, seems aware of many Persian customs. But there, as I say, um, some questions. For instance, it's typical for the Persian kings to choose their queen out of seven Persian families, but we know about the, we know about the occasional exception to that as well, and maybe this is an exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to place Esther uh, in relationship to the one known Persian queen of Xerxes, namely a woman named Amestris, who might be another might be another name for Vashti. So there there are some difficulties, but we don't, you know, I I I think that the story is essentially historical. Dr. Tremper Longman is with us, distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College, Santa Barbara, California. Um, So let's skip ahead in the story, Tremper, to the intrigue that starts uh, when Haman, who is like the, um, what, chief of staff for uh, King Xerxes, um, when he comes in and says that we got a problem with the Jews because they don't want to bow down to you and they should they should go. Yeah, um, I think, well, he, uh, he, he does, uh, I don't even think, I have to go back and look, to be honest. I don't think he actually mentions no, that they're Jews. I, you're right, you're says, right about that. He just there's says, there's, people he, right, he just says, there. everyone has to bow down to you, and the king says, right. And so it's implied, yeah. right, that the, he yeah, knows yeah. the Jews won't. Right, exactly. And so, um, uh, you, you know, the one thing about uh, Hebrew narrative is that uh, one scholar put it well, the famous Robert Alter, who produced mm-hmm. this uh, new Bible translation, which we should talk about. Yeah, sometime. I'd like to talk about that. But, yeah. And uh, with, yeah, and um, and he famously referred to the Hebrew narrator as reticent, which means, you know, sort of reserved in communicating certain motivations and evaluations and so forth. So so it's a little murky what's exactly motivating Xerxes to give in to Haman's request here, but it's probably the money, even though he makes a sort of superficial, mm-hmm. um, you know, refusal of the money uh, that Haman offers him. Uh, but in any case, yeah, that's right. The, Haman convinces 
um, Xerxes to exterminate this people. They cast the lots, which are called Purim, uh, to determine the date, and it's about a year later. And that gives room for the further development of the plot. Right, so for for Esther to jump in and convince her husband and save the Jews. (laughs) That's right. Uh, She doesn't readily jump in. No, she doesn't. (laughs) She has to be talked into it, but uh, she... uh, she does the right thing, a very brave thing, and uh, and a very wise thing. And um, well, you know, and God saves the Jews. <laughs> right, He did, yeah. But but using using both Esther and Mordecai. You know, one of the interesting things about the fact that God's not explicitly mentioned is we need to remember that this is a story set in the so-called diaspora outside the Promised Land. And one of you asked what. What's the purpose of the book? Well, there are many, and one of them, I think, is to say, you know, God is working outside of Israel as well with the people who remain in the diaspora, but he might be working behind the scenes a little bit more (laughs) than than within the promised land. So we get the story of Ezra and Nehemiah, which uh, sort of brackets the time period within the Persian period mm. that Esther covers. Um, so so that might be one reason why God's not mentioned by name. I mean, these are, Esther and Mordecai are people who are well integrated into their culture. I mean, it's interesting that the name Mordecai means man of Marduk, uh, and uh, Esther, which is the woman, which is Hadassah's Persian name, the name actually is related to the uh, goddess named Ishtar. And so, um, not that they worship those gods, but it's kind of like a Christian today who might have the name Thor or something like that. <laughs> right. uh, and, uh, and um, but it's kind of like, uh, these are faithful people, but they're living in a culture that's toxic to theirs, and they're doing so. And Mordecai seems to be, you mentioned spycraft earlier, uh, I think, and there are other scholars who think he's actually indeed just that within the court. He is a court um, kind of secret police in the Persian court. Otherwise, how does he keep finding out about all these right. things that are happening? It's a lot of information. And so forth. Right. We're talking with Chemper Longman. He is an Old Testament scholar, the author of more than 30 books, including The Lost World of the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. Chemper, uh, just as a side note, long before I read the book of uh, Esther, my mother took me to the movies, and um, it was a, a movie about Esther called um, Esther and the King. Hmm. And uh, as a little hmm. boy, I think I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, I remember seeing uh, as Esther the actress Joan Collins. From so, Dynasty. Yes. Yeah. So now wow, when, I write, when I read the book of Esther now, of course, Esther to me is Joan Collins. <laughs> Just saying. Of course. Of yeah, course. Yes. Yeah. Well, we should definitely great. pray for God to intervene there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tremper, let's talk right. about, you mentioned Robert Alter. Um uh, he's a translator, and um, I, just last summer I did his uh, Joshua Judges Ruth. Um, are you saying that he's come out with a new translation of Esther? Uh, well, he's he's, he's out, he, well. He's been translating bits and pieces the Hebrew Bible for twenty, thirty years, and just about uh, six months ago, he finished the whole project. And so now his 
uh, translation of the Hebrew Bible, um, along with notes, has uh, come out. And it's generated a lot of good discussion. Um, and uh, he's not the only one to come out with a new translation of the Bible. Uh, Alder is Jewish, so he only did the Hebrew Bible. Uh, but uh, John Golden Gay, who retired from Fuller Seminary, just also came out. Well, he also came out with a translation just of the Hebrew Bible as well. But, of course, John is a Christian scholar. And uh, I highly recommend both the translations, even though Alder says that he translates in a way to kind of skew away from what he calls Christian interpretations yeah. of the um, Hebrew Bible, but actually, I, I, I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I don't think any. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, he would point to things like not translating nephesh as soul, rather he translated as person. But that's the right translation of it. It only affects Christians who uh, have a tradition of thinking of the soul as somehow substantially distinct from the body. But that's not a universal Christian belief. And there's some other things as well. But um, but it's a it's a really good stimulating translation, especially if read along with the notes. Because he's his his main job is he's a literary scholar and he's very sensitive to the literary quality of the Hebrew Bible. So I wouldn't recommend it as a first translation, but somebody diving deep into it. Uh, into a text might want to take a look at how Alter translates it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate that. I always love to talk to Tremper Longman. Um, he's he's a terrific voice when you're talking about Old Testament in so particular. Distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. He's the author of How to Read Proverbs and the Lost World of the Flood. Thank you, Tremper. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners of South Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. 1176. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. 
I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nello is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center, and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way, and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget, but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. For the resources and know-how to make it all work, there's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers if you're an employer a business owner if you have five to 100 employees listen up the cost of doing business continues to skyrocket strangling your hr department with more regulations administrative duties and liability than ever your health plan's a big part of that cost another year another 10 percent rate hike another thousand dollar increase in your deductible another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network isn't it time for a change stop the insanity and call marley financial the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help you today. Call 724-884-1496 or find them online, marleyfg.com. We on this day in history, 1967, the uh, first African-American Supreme Court Justice, Thurgood Marshall, was nominated and then took the bench shortly afterwards. A giant of the bench. Yes, he was. Uh, Lyndon Bain, LBJ, Lyndon Johnson, uh, nominated uh, Thurgood Marshall. He served uh, 24 years on the bench, succeeded by Clarence Thomas. Uh, interesting Which is ca- fitting. Very much so, yeah. Uh, he, he once bluntly described uh, Thurgood Marshall, his legal philosophy is this. You do what you think is right and let the law catch up. Now, the statement which uh, many uh, detractors Mm -hmm. argued was a sign of his embracement of judicial activism. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a lion of the bench, and many of his clerks later ascended to the law as well, uh, sort of breaking the ceiling for African-Americans to step forward into the the law field. Uh, There are statues of him dotted across the landscape of the United States. A great day in American history, for sure. Truly. Yeah. And also, we celebrate someone else today. Who's that? Hey. 69 years ago today, Charlie Brown made his first appearance in newspapers across the country. 69 years. It's hard to think that there was a time that Charlie Brown wasn't. Yeah. You know, it just seems like he's just, just always been there. Yeah. 
It's like a pre-existent thing. Now, see, Charlie Brown, for us, I think, you know, me, he reached his nadar in uh, the mid to late 60s, early 70s. I mean, heck, the Apollo moon capsules were named after Peanuts characters. Charles Schultz was a giant. I mean, he was everywhere. You, of course, everybody remembers, you know, the TV specials, the Great Pumpkin, the Christmas shows, uh, all that. Oh, yeah. It was massive, wasn't it? It really was. The Thanksgiving special? Yeah. Remember when they go to his grandma's house? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, everybody likes to imitate the parents, right? Right. I mean, and now, do you think a lot of kids, has Charlie Brown sort of gone know. by the wayside? I don't know. I mean... I force-fed it to my children. Yeah, they had well, no option, the poor things. Well, because newspapers better. disappeared. And they're better for it. Your children are, definitely. Charlie Brown, 69 years old today. Kiss are you, blockhead! Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is pointing to a New York Times story that House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff received an early account of the whistleblower's concern about the president's Ukraine phone call. That's a big story. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. It's a scam. It's a scam. A spokesman for Intelligence Committee Chairman Schiff is denying the president's claim that Schiff helped write the whistleblower complaint. The spokesman says the whistleblower contacted the committee with a vague description of his concern and sought guidance on how to file a report. The staff referred the person to the inspector general. The spokesman says Schiff never saw any part of the complaint or knew precisely what the whistleblower would deliver. One of the New York Times reporters who first reported the contact accused the president of misrepresenting the story. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting on Wall Street, the Dow down by 494. This is SRN News. The ride home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't chase trends. We focus on one thing, quality. We only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs. And we put all of our products through the ringer, testing new designs and materials at our test center in Cleveland, Ohio. If a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit, we don't put it in our products. At the Original Mattress Factory, our focus is on what makes a great mattress, not a great markup. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad, you're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. The following is a public notice for those who are disabled and unable to work. 
to ensure that all Americans are granted fair access to their Social Security benefits. A team of disability specialists are currently reviewing claims. If you've been denied disability benefits before or are making your initial claim, you may be eligible for this program. You'll be assigned an experienced disability specialist with inside knowledge of the SSDI and SSI programs. They'll evaluate your situation, complete your application, and present a strong, effective case to the Department of Social Security on your behalf. If you suffer from a physical or mental disability, you may qualify for up to $2,800 per month. A toll-free number has been established for you to check your eligibility. And there are no fees unless you secure benefits. Applying for Social Security disability can be a long, complicated process. Increase your chances of receiving the federally mandated benefits you deserve by calling now. 800-329-1117. Space is limited. Call 800-329-1117. 800-329-1117. October 11th and 12th, Gospel Life Church in Evans City presents the 2019 Engage Conference. This year's theme, Communion with God. Join keynote speakers Dr. Carl Truman of Grove City College and Dr. Andy Snyder of Radiant Church Austin, along with an esteemed panel of guests as you explore ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. Child care will be provided. Reserve now at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. The 2019 Engage Conference, October 11th and 12th. Details at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. Mostly cloudy tonight, warm and humid with a couple of showers, low 67. Tomorrow will stay mainly cloudy. It'll be another warm and humid day with a couple of showers and even a thunderstorm around, especially for the afternoon. High tomorrow, 83. Cooler tomorrow night, low 55. Then for Friday, much cooler and less humid with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Friday's high, 63 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You may have already heard the news, but we want to pass along our condolences to Mike Clark, the Channel 4 news anchor, and his family over the tragic loss of his son, Matthew Clark, who passed away in an accident, a climbing accident, uh, in Colorado. Just a horrible thing. Yes. A young man, 26 years of age, his long life ahead of him, uh, loved the outdoors and uh, went to Denver to to experience the beauty of God's creation and uh, passed away tragically. So our condolences, our prayers certainly Mm -hmm. to Mike and his family. They are stalwarts of this community and uh, strong believers in Jesus. Mike is a terrific guy. He truly is. Yeah. I did an event with him several years ago. He was just... He was really great. And I heard that news today. And it's just, you know, for all of you who have lost children and for those of us who, who, for those of you who've lost children, you know what the rest of us can only imagine. And so each one of us would pray for Mike and his wife and his other three kids. No doubt about that. Everyone who loved his son. That's right. Hey, um, also, um, Bernie Sanders has taken ill, hasn't he? Yeah, Bernie Sanders, uh, he was having some cardiac difficulty, and uh, they did a catheterization and found out that he had several blockages, so he had an angioplasty last mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. Um, his campaign is canceled till further notice. Um, and, you know, politically, I agree with absolutely nothing, nothing. but I wish the man well. Of course. Uh, I, I certainly hope he recovers right. well and quickly. Well, you know, this, this brings up the idea of how old is too old to be president. Yeah, but you can have an angioplasty when you're 50. I guess you can. But, you know, when you look at Bernie Sanders, he doesn't look like the picture of health. He, he doesn't. No, 
right? right? And you see Joe Biden, you know, on the campaign trail and a couple of guys who... I hate to say that. I don't... I, I, I mean, I, I think people are different. I, I think everybody can... Yeah, but you know what I mean? I think you reach a certain age, you start to feel things. Yeah, but that's different for each person is what I'm saying. I agree. I mean, everyone who's worked with President Trump um, that we have talked to is absolutely stunned at the level of vigor that he brings to his to his job. I mean, he has incredible stamina. He does. For some, what is he, 73, 74? Well, you know his Twitter fingers are working well, just fine. Yeah, we that. know that he is for sure working out. He truly is. In the Twitter sphere. Yes, he is. But anyway, so it depends. It's different for different people. Yep. Okay, uh, when's the last time you had a car loan? Ooh, car loan. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we bought, my current car we bought, um, and I think... We paid it off in a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a little less than a year. And Did then you get we a haven't loan? had a, we had we got the loan for the nine months and then for we paid it off. A nine month loan. Yeah. Okay, I mean well, it wasn't a nine month loan, but we paid it off in right. nine months. Okay, so there's an article in uh, today's Wall Street Journal about the seven year auto loan. Seven year yep. auto loan? It's uh projected it's uh, become the norm for many people because America's middle class cannot afford its cars. Now, the deal is that car prices, if you know this, if you've been on a car lot lately, you're in for a deep, strong sticker shock. I mean, an average car, they're saying 35 grand. That cannot be average. Who's doing that? I mean, for crying out loud. Now, you can buy a stripped down car for somewhere around $12,000 that has nothing, right? But people want these cars now with screens, all the safety features, you know, all those different add-ons that jack that car price up. So with that, a lot of people are going to car dealerships now with no money down. And to get the car off the lot, they're engaged in car you know, financing for seven years. And then what happens if after three years you have a major repair on your car? Right. Then you're underwater. You're in trouble then. And after seven years, let me talk about how many seven issues years. you're going to have with a car. Holy smokes. Wow. Okay, so that's, is, this is funny that you bring this up because my husband and I were just talking about the car that my husband drives, yeah. which is a uh, an O2 Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. And this was a gift to us from a friend of our family. Yeah. She was buying a new Civic and she, or she actually bought a CRV and she said, you know what? I was going to trade this in. But you guys could probably use another car. You got kids. And so you got you got kids. So why don't, why don't you have this car? Which was so very nice, generous of her. And it wasn't long after that that the our second car died. So this became an essential car. So but my husband Sadillac. could drive it. The Sadillac died. Passed away. It did pass away. <laughs> well, we had to put it down. <laughs> so, so it's I mean, a Saturn. It's a Saturn, but we called it the Sadillac of because of its you know uh, luxury Extra features. Extra plush. <laughs> Extra plus. You know, it had two cup holders. Whoa. Isn't that amazing? Holy smokes. Anyway, uh, so he's driving the Civic. And the joke is at work, I didn't realize this, at the school where he teaches, everybody says Eric Evans has the worst car. What? Of anyone there. It's paid and he, for. And he said the funny thing is that there are, you know, PTs or OTs or AIDS or whatever who've just graduated from school, who uh-huh. are 23 years old, who have new jeep cherokees uh-huh. or you know uh-huh. new honda accords or whatever it is and he's driving the o2 civic which has a terrible radio and really can't get over 65 doesn't matter it gets him from point a to point b that's exactly right, right? Oh, okay but so what he's seeing is that cultural phenomenon that you are talking about right. which is that now when people graduate from college they think okay now it's time for me to get a car and so they just go onto a car lot and 
they're going to spend $35,000 on a car? And so your car payment, monthly payment, four, five, six, seven hundred $700 <gasps> or more a month for a car payment. You got to be kidding me. You got to be, that's crazy. And you think of how fast that declines in value. Oh, yeah. I mean, a car is like, right. oh my gosh. You okay, know, have you ever had a new car? Never. Never. never Mike, once. have you ever had a new car? Never. No. I'll not. I'll not own a new mm-hmm. car. I told you this before. My dad said on his deathbed, we were talking. He said, "I said, what's what you regret? Well, my one regret is I've never owned a new car. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're living the same way. <laughs> now my I brother, like my brother's got. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, every two years he'll get a new car. Just that's just that's, like a new a new used car. No, no, a new car. That's just how he lives." That's his thing. He can afford it. That makes wow. him feel good. That's what he wants to do. Okay, so he you, trades one in every every two years. Yep. Wouldn't you be, like to buy that car that he's trading in? Because oh, yeah. you know oh he's lost gosh. so much cash on that. Yeah. He doesn't care. But he it just, doesn't matter to well, him. Wasn't it? Don't they say as soon as you drive a new car off the lot, it's oh, sure. automatically like five thousand yes. dollars yes. depreciation? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I didn't think it was five thousand. I thought it was twenty percent. I don't know. But still, right? I mean, you get that. But people like their new things. And, you know, of course, there's nothing nicer than the smell of a new car, isn't there? A new car smells good. Sure does. But I am so happy to have a a used car to me is is really good. I feel good about that. Sure. Look, I'm just happy that when I get in and I turn the key, the car starts. Exactly. Really. I've, I mean, I've had so many dog cars over my life, you know, and you think. Okay, so Mike, you, you've got a, do you have a dog car now? I have I have a uh, 2005 Camry that I bought for five thousand dollars. Nice. Okay, it's a good okay. car. It's a Camry. Uh, it's it's amazing. It does better than my 2013 Subaru Crosstrek. Uh, and you I, go. I'm I'm paying a lot on that on that loan like, on the Subaru on the Subaru. That's your wife's car. Yeah, it's my wife's car. And I oh my gosh, I just had to get a um I had to get the transmission fixed a couple couple months ago. Really? And you're and, still paying yeah, on it. Yeah, and, and plus I'm still paying on it. Uh. The 2005 Camry. I hardly, going. I hardly ever have to put money into that thing. It, wow. it's, it's a beast. Here's wow. the deal. Uh, we have three cars in our family. Mm-hmm. Two minivans and a truck. All three of those cars were gifts. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that terrific? <laughs> People so, are so, so does good. That, does that mean you paid them off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so good. People, hey, hey, John, I got this car. Yeah, I'll be happy. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Now, do you remember when Saturn started? Oh, yes, like I back do. In the, okay. It was a phenomenon. It was a phenomenon. Yeah. And listen, so my husband and I had just gotten married, and we uh, bought a used Honda Civic that was a real dog. I mean, it was a, it was a really? disaster. It's unusual. I know. Everybody says that. But I want to tell you that this little blue Civic was a disaster. So we, only, we didn't own it more than a year because it left us stranded so mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we decided that we would buy into the Saturn... Mystique. Mystique. Right, and it, and we bought a new Saturn. Right, so it was the, uh, Saturn was like one of the things where you'd go on the lot, there'd be no haggle, the price was the price. Right. It was made in uh, America. Kentucky, yep. I believe, you know, specifically the factory for that. You open up the hood and everything is clearly labeled. Right. Like I, even someone like me could understand it. There were annual reunions yes. of people who bought these cars that yes. got together. The company, mm-hmm. you know, it was, a, it was a General Motors product. Right, but it was, but it was owned by the workers. Right. So it had this own sort of vibe to it. It was terrific. I was very excited about it. When we bought the car... We actually had everyone who worked at the Saturn dealership in Dormont come out and shake our hand. They cheered for us and they released balloons. I'm not even kidding. There were balloons. Really? When we drove off the lot. It was $12,000. Was it a brand new car? Brand new car. Wow, fabulous. And you had it for a long time. We had it for, 
I mean, we had it for a really long yeah. time. I we, 11 years, 12 I drove years. In, and there was wind-up windows, wind right? There's nothing power about no, it. No, not basic a thing. It's basic, basic. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Don't you... I always feel like one of our, one of our family stories, and this is true to, to me to this day. My dad would like you know drive away with a car, and then a few hours later come back with a different car. You know, there'd be like a brand new, I mean, like a brand new, it'd be a different car for our family. And I remember one time he did that, and I was like, I was a little kid, and I was like, I cried. I was like, I can't believe that that car now is sitting alone somewhere in a lot. Oh. It doesn't have, and then had a Kleenex box holder, and I really missed that car. And I mean, don't you, every time you like lose Le- a car, right. I have to take pictures of it. It's a part of your personality. I, I mean, your DNA is all over the car. My for Nissan one thing. Murano that I hated. Oh, that car. So that was the much. Worst. It cost what a me dog. and cost me and cost I me. I see that car on the roadway and I shake my fist at good. it just for your own good. Thank you. I appreciate that Truly on my good. behalf. Yeah, yeah. Really but do you feel bad when you get rid of that car? I did. What? Which doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I've been much that better off. just sucks you dry. Truly, it did. Right. That's like breaking off a bad relationship. Yeah. It takes uh-huh. you about six months, and then you think, wow, I'm I don't know why that. I was even in that in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, we got started talking about the cost of a new car. A lot of people are financing cars now for seven years. Don't do that. Oh, please. Spend your money wisely. Yeah. I Buy listen. a used car. Take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about the soul. Pastor Jason Sharon joins us in a little bit. Stick around for Soul Talk. Not Soul Train, Soul Talk. (laughs) That's next. One oh one point five WORD. Coming up from Chuck Swindoll. You don't have to go to seminary to learn the Bible. Chuck presents step by step instruction on how to study your Bible. But you do have to spend time preparing, studying, praying. Focusing your time and attention on the text of Scripture. Hear Chuck Swindoll's practical series called Searching the Scriptures on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. This is the Entertainment Answer. The new biopic Judy has Renee Zellweger taking on the role of Judy Garland. We know Renee can act, but can she deliver the vocals needed to play Judy Garland? The filmmakers say yes. Full applause from everybody. She had the audience absolutely in the palm of her hand. Renee must have felt incredibly intimidating. It's one thing to be able to sing. It is another to then have to do it in front of a crew and a couple of hundred people. That's a big thing to take on. Judy rated PG-13. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. How much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. You know, if one part of the body suffers, the Bible says, we suffer together. Hi, it's Michael with Bible League International, and we're partnering together to send the hope of God's Word to persecuted believers all over the world who are singled out, monitored, beaten, jailed, in some cases threatened with death, simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Arguably, this is the most important issue facing the global church. Let me give you some more perspective. By the end of the average hour-long worship service in America on a Sunday, a dozen Christians elsewhere in the world will be killed simply because of their faith. 
faith. If you're persecuted like this, you need to know and savor the words of Jesus when he says, I'm with you always. WORD and Bible League are partnering to send the hope of God's word to 5,000 persecuted believers. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at wordfm.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Other than that song, what do you know about the soul? It's a mystery, isn't it? Father Jason Sharon is with us. He joins us from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie. Jason, welcome back. Always a pleasure, my friend. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen to wonderful that. to be back. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I mean, when, when we were kids, our grandparents would often use phrases that sounded odd to us, you know, sounded weird. Yeah. Um, like? Well, like uh, um, my... Mom's side of the family is from a part of Canada called Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, up in Newfoundland, you know, they'll say, uh, Lord Thunder and Catfish, <laughs> which, which means we say, by shocks, by golly, or oh, darn it. You know, but up in uh, uh, Newfoundland, they say, Lord Thunder and Catfish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so charming, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, they're fishermen, so right, if they're going to get mad about something, don't curse the name of the Lord, just curse the fish. catfish. You're <laughs> sure. Oh, I hit my finger. Lord Thunder and Catfish. But it takes so long to say it. You know? Right. By the time you're done, you feel a little better. Yeah. Well, the same is true with, I think, when we, we encounter terms from the ancient biblical world, you know, uh, there are terms that uh, don't quite translate into English or into our understanding of some of these words. And one of those is the soul, you know, because, you know, depending on your, the Bible you pick up, uh, you will come across a translation that will say heart, uh, spirit, soul, mind, life. You know, hmm. and uh, for English speakers, it's kind of confusing because each of those are very different things. And uh, so I, I've been doing, uh, well, for a number of years now, some studies on that. And I just gave a, a sermon on that about three or four weeks ago on Luke chapter 10, where, you know, our Lord says, because uh, the, the lawyer comes up to him and wants to test him and say, you know, what's the greatest and first of the commandments? And the Lord says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart. All soul. your soul and all your mind, mind. which means and strength and all and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself, which means that there are there's a difference between mm, the heart, right, the mind, the soul, mm-hmm. and uh, so so that's that's something I like to talk about. Yes, so the soul itself define what you would consider to be the soul. Well, that's the very breath of God within us. You know the mm-hmm. ruach. You know the very uh, divine life that He has put into us. Um, it, it's it's not s- uh, simply intelligence because you know higher higher mammals have have uh, levels of intelligence as well, but it's a step above that. It's the capacity to love, the capacity to know, um, and that immortal, eternal aspect 
of that knowing and that loving. And that's, that's the soul. That's what animates us. That's what gives us our, our form. That each person is born with their own soul. Each person. And, you know, no matter—that's why we Christians, we say there's a, a, a dignity to each person no matter what. It's because they have a soul, which is the breath of God. So it's like getting a $100 bill. You can spit on it. You can put it in the mud. You can crumple it up. It still has its value. Yeah. It's not as crisp and clean. You know, it's not as appealing, but it still has its value. And that's the same with uh, each human person, is that whether they're an atheist, a Christian, a Buddhist, whether a sinner, or a, po- a pope, or prostitute, a, a pimp, a person on the street, uh, it doesn't matter because they have that inalienable and awesome dignity of being a being made in God's image and likeness of having a soul. Now, if they live a life of virtue, then that soul is ennobled and it reflects its, its dignity. Mm. Yeah. We don't think of the soul, do we? The ancients thought of the soul often. They talked about the soul, wrote about the soul, but... For some reason, I wonder why we ignore it. Yeah, the, the ancients spoke extensively about it, and it's very interesting. It's just so interesting to, to read, like, um, one writer, Evagrius of Pontus. You know, he was one guy who wrote about it. And go go, te- go home and tell your, your girls that Evagrius. you're, you're going to marry a guy named Evagrius. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, I'm going to marry Evagrius. Um, but he was a really cool guy. And uh, he um, he spent his whole life in the desert praying and, and searching and researching these things in the scriptures. And... Uh, um, you know, he uh, he used the image, and I like to use the image, too, of an apple. You know, you look at an apple, has the skin, has the meat of the apple, and has the core, you know. And that's the same with the soul, is that uh, what the, the, the biblical and the ancient patristic understanding is that there's the outer part, you know, the what they call the, uh, um, the epithymikos, but we'll call it the desire of the heart, you know. And that's the capacity we have uh, to desire something. And uh, we say that all the time, like, I, I want to marry her with all my heart. You know, your, your full desire is for her. It's not for anyone else on the street, not Mary or Jane or Susie. It's for Nicole. Sure. You know, it's your whole desire for her. So that part of you that, that desires, uh, that's, that's part of your soul, but it's, it's the part that we might call the, the, the desire part or the heart, you know. And when it's, when, you know, the devil can never take that from us, but he certainly can distort it. And when it's distorted, uh, it, it becomes lust, you know, and when it's deprived, it becomes uh, depression or uh, despondency. And when it's misdirected, it just becomes, you know, gluttony you know, yes. or, uh, uh, mm. uh, uh, sorry, greed. You know, it's directed towards things instead of uh, ultimately with God. So God gave us that part of our soul, that desire, and it's meant for the desire for complete union with him. Um, and uh, when we use it instead for union with complete union with someone else's you know body at the expense of of God's glory then it becomes lust um, so and, talk to us about the three parts so that's the first part is the desire the heart um, and then the the next part underneath that you might call it the um, I guess in English the best term we really have is the soul you know and that that's that's what we we call the the part of us that that has to do with um, uh, the fight or flight mechanism. People would mm-hmm. like in secular psychology, but it's the part of us that wills. And mm. I may look at that uh, chocolate bar. I may desire it in my heart. I really do want to have that third chocolate bar. Right. You know. But that's not the same as giving in mm. and willing it. Mm-hmm. And that part of you which says, you know what? I am not a thing. I'm a man. And I'm, I'm going to set an example to my kids. I'm not going to eat that fourth Mars bar. You know, that, that, that's... <laughs> I'm going to stand up and stand for something. <laughs> something. Whoa, and, Dad. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're, we're fighting now. I'm not eating that fourth Mars bar. What but, a warrior. But that part of you that takes a stand, that's, yeah, yeah. that's called the will. 
and uh, that's that's uh, proper to the soul. And you know, when it's misdirected, you know, it, it, it's it's properly therefore to fight for truth. That's why God gave it to us. I am here, and I'm going to fight for the truth. I'm going to fight for the righteousness of God. I'm going to fight for everything that's good, true, and holy. That's awesome, you know. But when it's directed against people instead of bad ideas, then it becomes the sin of anger, you know. Um, and uh, and when it's it's just the absence of that will, like our own culture now, where you have that deprivation of it, like I just I don't care about anything, whatever. You know? Yeah, or you hear the expression drives me nuts. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Well, that is the sin of sloth. You know, uh, we just we don't will anything. We don't will the good. We just go like dead fish down the stream, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a deprivation of, of what we call the will part of the soul. Um, and then when it's just uh, misdirected, you're not using it to fight for the good of true and the holy. You're just using it for like your own aggrandizement and comfort. That's, that's, that's gluttony. You know, you're just, I, I always want that, you know, fourth chocolate bar. Right. Um, and then, you know, so that's the second part. That's like the meat of the apple. And then the third part uh, is is the, what would they call the mind, um, and that's that's the capacity that that part of you that rules your whole person and seeks to know God mm. and to intuit Him to have insight into His law. That is the core of the soul, and that's the mind. Yes, it's. and uh, yeah, that's that is awesome. Now, when it's distorted, it becomes you know pride. You know, I seek to know me instead of knowing God, mm. um, and then. You know the uh, the um, the absence of it the 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 uh, absence of it is called envy. You know, it's like I I I want others, I want what others have instead of wanting the righteousness of God, mm-hmm. the knowledge mm-hmm. of God, and His understanding. I just want what others have. Um, and then ultimately is that song, you know, from the eighties. I want you to want me. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is when that part of the mind is is misdirected. Is that you no longer want or will to know God, but you just want others to want you. you know? I see. So it, it's just amazing. Three parts of the soul: the mind, the heart, and uh, the soul. That's and, great. And they can be distorted or or properly ordered. Father Jason Sharon's with us. He's talking about three parts of the soul. Okay, so Jace, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, in, in the modern vernacular, you hear the phrase soul care. What exactly is soul care? I don't know what they mean by that, mm-hmm. but I do know in, in the Bible that the, the care of the soul is prayer and fasting and almsgiving, and that's soul care. Yes. Because when mm-hmm. you, you forget about your soul, you, know, you, you focus on God and others, and then your soul is going to be lifted up. But if you're focusing on... Okay, that is really interesting, isn't it? So it's the opposite of what our current <laughs> culture looks at soul care, yeah. because we need to take a step away. I need to focus on myself for a good amount of time so I can kind of get my act together. Or get a massage and, and a facial. Right, exactly. And what you're saying is the only way to get your act together is to focus on somebody else and God. Yeah, absolutely. So no that's what soul care is. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, you're not setting yourself up for a manicure and a so that's spa the, treatment? Not, not happening. That's the modern world in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, right? The focus on ourselves as opposed to focus on God. Yeah, the, soul care. Yeah, it, 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 it's unhappy because it's focusing on itself. It's fascinating. All right. So, okay, so if someone were saying to you, Jason, I want to take care of my soul, not just in the short term, not like I'm going to take a weekend for soul care, but I want to be a person who reflects that, who values that, let's put it that way, for the long term, for the rest of the days that I have, what would you tell them to do? I say you have to make yourself reflect the one who is happiness itself. And that's, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. 
And so the way he gave, the model he gave us is that um, before he began his great ministry, he went out in the desert and he prayed and fasted. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said the same thing to the apostles. You know, why couldn't we, we help this person, you know, who had a, an evil spirit? And Jesus says, because you didn't take adequate self-soul care. No, no. he said, <laughs> you didn't. The, you know, the, these are only driven out by prayer and prayer fasting. fasting. And so that, that's an important part. That's why fasting is so important, because those three parts of the soul is that it, it's like iron on iron. It, it, it purifies yeah, yeah. us, you know, and uh, when you fast is that you're, you're strengthening your will. You're purifying your heart. You're illuminating your mind. Uh, but when you're not fasting, when you're not praying, is that everything's just running amok. There's no boundary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a river that has no banks, just dissipates. Yeah. You know. Jason Sharon is with us, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. Uh, Jason, it begs the question, has the president been in touch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm doing this Exodus 90 thing where you don't want, listen to secular news. Oh, you so just, you don't know. So I don't know what's going on. You I, must I, be so happy. <laughs> do I sound happy? <laughs> you do. You look yeah, happy. You, you look very happy. John, don't you wish we were that happy? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. So you're out of the loop then. But Ukraine is in the news lately. Yeah, Ukraine is a lot in the news yeah, yeah. lately. Okay, so tell, you, you walk in, Jason. I love you. Your presence is, you know, you're always vibrant. Uh, you're, you're a priest, but you're a married priest. Yep. That's unusual, isn't it? Um, yeah, in, in North America it is. But when you go to uh, Catholic parts of the world, like in Eastern Europe, it's it's normal, uh, where you have uh, some priests are, are, are celibate, some are married. Um, so in the Middle East as well, the same is true there. I see. Uh, but uh, when you get into areas that are predominantly Roman Catholic and Protestant, then the, yeah, it's weird to it's 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 odd um, to encounter a married a married man who's a priest. So when people see you walking around with your wife and any number of your seven children, yeah, do they think who? What What's are you? going on, Father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, um, yeah. Sometimes I get questions. Yeah, you man. know, are these your parishioners? I say, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're tithing. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Hey, Jason, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your time here with us. All right. God bless you guys. Yeah, ours well. Father Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. What are the three parts of the soul? So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they 
really spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up, and to see it transformed into what it is today was truly an awesome experience. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Five weeks ago, when college started at Grove City College, I drove my boy up and I'm uh, saying goodbye. And, you know, I'm going to miss him like crazy. It's hard to say goodbye. And I said, I'll miss you. And he said, yeah, Dad, I'll miss you too. But this is home now. And so, you know, occasionally I text him. I try not to be that, you know, that guy. But I texted him the other day. And, you know, what he said to me, he said, hey, you know, the semester has ramped up so high and tight. But I love being here so much. So thanks an awful lot. So if you're a parent and you're listening at home and you're thinking, okay, so my kids in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, are they really going to be able to survive on their own? Listen, give Grove City a try because what they're doing is they're building people. They're building individuals, maturing men and women who are not just going to succeed in the classroom, but they're also going to succeed personally and interpersonally. And I think that's the best thing about it is that you've got an organization that is committed to the growth of young men and young women academically and personally. That's right. You know, and it took me a long time as a young man to really have Christ in my life. But knowing my boys at Grove City College and knowing the strength of the work that's being done and the intellectual heft as well with Jesus in the middle of things, man, I'd give anything for that to have that in my life. So you have it in your daughter's life, your son's life at Grove City College, go for it. Online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Mostly cloudy tonight, warm and humid with a couple of showers, low 67. Tomorrow will stay mainly cloudy. It'll be another warm and humid day with a couple of showers and even a thunderstorm around, especially for the afternoon. High tomorrow, 83. Cooler tomorrow night, low 55. Then for Friday, much cooler and less humid with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Friday's high, 63 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. I like it. Crank it up. Well, I know you like it, and I like it, Yeah. and Mike likes it because he worked there a long time. And most of the news about Chick-fil-A is all good news oh, yeah. because they were just voted America's cleanest fast food hey. restaurant. Very nice. But wait, it's not they're not fast food anymore. What are they, Mike? Oh, yeah. They're a quick service Thank restaurant. Thank you. A quick, quick service s- restaurant. Quick service. So they're the cleanest quick service restaurant in America. Very nice. Um However, Business Insider has just released the results of a 3,000-person survey mm-hmm. where they asked uh, a, about the cleanliness, and Chick-fil-A was A number one. Um, then they asked oh, – you want to know what came next? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in and out I don't know. Starbucks. It's West Coast. Oh, Starbucks. Okay. Uh, Panera, mm-hmm. Culver's, Chipotle, Whataburger, and Five Guys. Hmm. Okay. okay. Very nice. Um, but then they moved on to how quickly you can get through the drive through and then Chick-fil-A did not do as well. Now, I find this hard to believe because, to me, the person who invented the Chick-fil-A drive through process is genius. I think the same thing. Seriously. Seriously. What are all those people who are coming out to my car to say, hi, how are you, with their little iPads so I they know. can take my order? I have, so no, nice. I have no problem with that. No, Mike, no, do you have a no. problem with no, that? No, absolutely not. I feel, yeah. You know, you go to other places and they're going... And you go, hold on. But Chick-fil-A is clean and prompt. I dig it. It's like the teacher from Charlie Brown. What's going on there? Exactly. You know what I love? Tell me. Driving by Chick-fil-A, knowing how 
different segments of the American public have tried to diss them so deeply <laughs> and yet still seeing the number of cars in the drive Yeah, of yeah. course, right. Yeah. You I know mean, when good. I think of the Pittsburgh Marathon, they, of course, had to divest relationship with right. Chick-fil-A because of their, like, questionable history on human rights. Right. I mean, it's just laughable. I didn't... It, the people who are in the drive-thru aren't buying that that's right. what Chick-fil-A is I'm having my nuggets about. and worried about human rights issues. I don't think so, Right. Yeah, I love Chick-fil-A. Or they're smart enough to realize that Chick-fil-A does not have a questionable history in human rights. Okay, so go back to this survey. So Chick-fil-A was faulted for the drive-thru experience? Well, I mean, they weren't faulted. They were just, they were ranking. as they As they were ranking ranking cleanliness, they were also ranking drive-thru experience. Drive-thru experience. Who's number one? Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Why he's so Who defensive? Who goes to Dunkin' Donuts? That's the worst. No, it's not the worst. Oh, the coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. It's so much better. Oh, it's horrible. Than McDonald's and Burger King. Oh, well, and yeah. And I would say even Starbucks. It's a low Starbucks. bar to begin with. Okay, so you think it's better than Starbucks? Better like. than Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Starbucks really? burn their beans. I mean, yeah, wow, I like that Dunkin' Donuts. Sounds like a personal I'm thing. I'm not a big yeah. Starbucks coffee yeah. fan myself. Okay, but you like Dunkin' Donuts less than Starbucks. Yes, very much so. I do, oh, I do not like the Dunkin' Donuts experience. Yeah, I'm no. not. I'm not a fan either. America no, runs no. on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I understand. Well, they're running a lot slower. I'll tell you that. Did you guys see this uh, Babylon B? <laughs> this article in Babylon Chick Fil A opens first restaurant in mega church foyer, but still closed on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> That's good business sense. <laughs> they just opened a um, a location inside Atlanta's. Stadium. It's a multi-purpose stadium, yeah. And I think they but, play college football, and I believe it's also where the Falcons play. So yeah. Chick Fil A is closed on Sunday, but they're still closed on Sunday. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to make a ton when. What do you think? Is University of Georgia the place there? Yeah, yeah. On Saturdays. On Saturday, but uh, not on Sunday on when the Sunday, Falcons forget are playing. It. Right. Uh, come back in a few minutes. We're going to talk with Amy Julia Becker about Down syndrome children. This is National Down Syndrome Month. WORD. In many parts of the world, China, Africa, India, Southeast Asia, people have never heard, have never heard the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack the resources to learn about it. Word FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's word to the world. $5 will send a Bible now. $100 will send 20. Give now at wordfm.com keyword Bibles or call 1-800-YES-WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Bart, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. With special guest Crowder. 
Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena this Friday. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org. October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Amy Julia Becker joins us. Amy Julia Becker's been with us for many years. She is the author of uh, excellent works. White Picket Fences is her newest work, Turning Toward Love in a World Divided by Privilege. She lives in Connecticut with her husband and three kids. Amy's daughter, uh, Penny, is a Down Syndrome child. Uh, Penny is in the eighth grade and, by all accounts, doing very well. And, Amy Julia, thanks for being with us again. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So we've known you for a long time, uh, Amy, and we've heard about Penny since she was a little tiny thing. And so uh, I'm excited to hear about this latest project that you guys are doing together. Yeah, well, Penny is now almost 14. She'll turn 14 in December. She's in eighth grade. And um, she really is, you know, starting to have her own voice. And I have written about her for so many years. As you all know, I've written a book, I've written blog posts, I've written essays, and I've talked and talked about her. But um, what I've also seen in her is that she has is able to express herself and write. And so we've started a project on my blog this month where she is writing. I'm asking her questions, and she's writing answers to them. And then together, we're kind of putting that into a little essay on different topics. And we started with her just writing a um, letter to a new mom with Down syndrome, with a baby who's been diagnosed with Down syndrome. Um, welcoming that child into the world, which she's done in real life many, many times. But I wanted to give kind of an example of what she has done. And then we'll, um, I've also gotten her just writing about herself um, and once a week for the month of October, she's going to be um, sharing a little bit about her life with the world, really. Wonderful. That is so terrific. So, uh, Amy Julia, as she wrote this letter, the last thing she said in the letter to, to the woman is, don't be afraid, which I love mm-hmm. because I believe, and you, you probably could verify this, that as people have been diagnosed with Down syndrome children, of course, you know, you're afraid of what will happen to the family, to the child, to everything. You to know, you? It, It's all turned upside yeah. down, but that hasn't been the case with you. So true. So I think that that uh, sentiment from Penny, don't be afraid, is coming out of two places. One, that she knows that when she was born, as much as we were filled with love for her immediately, we also were really filled with fear. And thankfully, over time, the love only grew and the fear only faded. And she knows that too. But I think she really doesn't want other parents to actually go through what she knows her parents went through Mm -hmm. um, when she was born in terms of that fear. And 
that's one of the things, if I were to just sum up what I want to say to new moms who have children with Down syndrome, is just to say, trust your love instead of your fear. Because there's so much in our culture that tells us to fear, not just Down syndrome, but all sorts of things, but it tells us to fear any sort of um, difference, disability, abnormality. Um, And instead, if we say, you know what, but do you love that baby? Like, that love is... Uh, from God, that love is strong enough, and it will carry you. And honestly, I mean, there really are so many wonderful people in the world who do care about kids with Down syndrome specifically. We found that every step of the way. Penny knows that personally. We know it. Um, And I love, I mean, it was not prompted by me. I love that when she wrote that letter, that's how she ended it. What's interesting is that because of so-called genetic counseling, Down syndrome children are essentially being targeted, eradicated from the world because genetic counselors are saying to people who are experiencing a pregnancy, hey, you might have a Down syndrome baby, so it will be best to have an abortion. You know, so the role of a genetic counselor is supposed to be when a woman has had a prenatal test that indicates a chance of Down syndrome or, or a certainty, depending on the test, you can get either a, you know, here's your chance or here's what's going to happen. And what a genetic counselor is uh, trained to do is to say, okay, here are your options. And what my deep desire um, for genetic counselors, for physicians, for friends and family and pastors and teachers and anyone who is advising a woman who's in that situation is get accurate information. Mm. And that does not simply mean a list of medical conditions that might come up when your kid is born, but it means how is this going to work out socially? Is it going to work out for my family? I mean, the statistics when families are interviewed that have children with Down syndrome and when people with Down syndrome are interviewed, what you find out is 90 plus percent of people say, I'm happy. I love my life. I feel good about myself. And 90 plus percent of siblings and parents say, I'm so grateful that this person is in my life. So the social reality for people with Down syndrome is not one of you shouldn't be here. Um, Mm -hmm. But that is what's often communicated to a scared pregnant woman who gets these medical results and has a decision to make um, that's often unexpected and needs to happen quickly. Wow. Uh, Amy, Julia, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that in actual life, not just in ri- in the written word, but that Penny has gone to talk to people um, who are expecting a child with Down syndrome. Now, how how did that happen? Did you set that up? And what were those um, interactions like? Yeah, so we've usually, it's actually usually been that I have, you know, usually friend of a friend found out that someone has either just recently had a baby with Down syndrome or that they've received one of these prenatal diagnoses. Um, And so typically Penny has actually written a letter. She is more comfortable writing than speaking about serious things. And she would certainly consider um, having Down syndrome a serious thing, even though she also does not consider it a bad thing. So she has typically written letters um, to these new moms that we've found about, some of whom we've known personally. I mean, I have had friends who, as it happens, have had um, babies with Down syndrome, but oftentimes it's just, you know, a friend of a friend. She's also been a part of a camp called Camp Pals that does something called the Congratulations Project. They have a beautiful book called the Congratulations Project, and they have camp 
photographers every summer write letters to new parents um, saying, congratulations, let me tell you about my life. So Penny's not alone in doing this. Um, and the book they've created is of these just beautiful photographs of people with Down syndrome and the letters they've written about, again, their really um, beautiful and joy-filled lives. Wonderful. So, Amy Julia, it's my understanding right, that, that there is not, you know, uh, Down syndrome is on a, a wide swath, a wide spectrum, that one Down syndrome child uh, the difficulties and the positive things, they're different from person to person. And of course, you know that with Penny. What does that look like when you engage other people in the Down syndrome community? Because everyone's coming at this from a lot of different ways. And of course, a lot of different medical, sociological diagnoses. Yeah, I have often wondered because our experience has been so positive And that seems like it is so in such great contrast to what I was told by like literature and medicine. And I think when Penny was first born, I thought, gosh, are we the exceptions? And I think there are some exceptional things about Penny. I think probably most people feel that way about their children. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also, again, when I look at the like widespread testimonies of people who have babies with Down syndrome and young adults and um, grown adults with Down syndrome in their lives. And when I look at, um, you know, there was a study done of, I can't remember whether it was three or 4,000 families, the statistics say the same thing, that you're absolutely right. The range of abilities is pretty extreme in terms of, you know, Penny, someone who can speak intelligibly and she can read books and she, um, you know, currently is at her ballet class. And so she's very, you know, she can make a scrambled eggs for herself. She's very independent, but other kids with Down syndrome aren't that way. That said, no, I mean, not no matter where, but for people who are all along that spectrum, you find a similar story, which is one of um, welcome and love and mm -hmm. gratitude uh, that these kids and adults exist and have um, so much to offer to so many of us in this world. That's Amy Julia Becker. She's the author most recently of White Picket Fences, Turning Toward Love in a World Divided by Privilege. She lives in Connecticut with her husband, three kids, one of whom is Penny. Read the project that she and Penny are doing together, amyjuliabecker.com. Very much. Thank you, Amy Julia. amyjuliabecker.com, a great resource, really, for people who are interested in Down syndrome. What are you doing to enhance your marriage? We want to be on the same page. Even when that gets tough. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. It was one of, like, the best weekends ever. We just want to soak in all this knowledge. It's fun and practical. The Weekend to Remember is coming to the Pittsburgh Marriott North November 1st and the 8th. Just do it because you're going to get something good out of this. Wow, this is really making a difference. Take your marriage from good to great. Visit WeekendToRemember.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, -door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. This AccuWeather Ready Storm Preparedness Tip is brought to you by Duracell. One of the most important things you can do is prepare in advance with a hurricane kit that's stored away and easy to find. Create an emergency kit to include cash, non-perishable food and water, batteries, flashlights, insurance information, and medical records. When you trust Duracell, there's no such thing as a power outage. Duracell batteries available at the Home Depot. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. You know what the price of gas is right now? Doesn't matter how many dollars and who cares cents. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit CircleK.com slash EasyPay for more details. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Wouldn't it be cool to go to the Amazon and delve yes. into it? Yes. I, um, years ago, I, I had the great I mean, good not fortune. not into the river. Not in, no, but I'd like to be on a boat on the Amazon. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would be really interesting, yeah, yeah. except you don't want to like drag your hand over the side. <laughs> well, years ago, I was uh, able to go to Bolivia, and I remember looking out the, the window of the airplane, and they followed the Amazon River into Bolivia. Oh, that must have it been. It was incredible. Really was. Wow. But the pilot came on and he said, for the next couple of hours, if you you know look out the window, and he followed the, the course of the Amazon. It was absolutely incredible. And it was green, 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 and this winding wide river. And I don't know how many thousands of feet we were in the air, but there it was. So I'm thinking about this because I, I saw something in the Smithsonian Magazine that uh, researchers uh, in the Amazon in Brazil – they they've been looking at numbers you know they now with the new technology they're flying airplanes or drones over old and deep parts of the amazon rainforest and they're looking at the heights of trees and trying to see you know age and different heights well they discovered uh trees they, they once they looked at these numbers then they sent an expedition into the amazon and it took them days and days over nine days to go into a portion of the Amazon from civilization where they could measure for themselves up close and in person. And what they discovered that there were a, a series of trees in the deepest part, some over 290 to 400 feet high. Whoa. Yeah. 290 to 400 feet high. 
Now that's gigantic. How many stories? Oh my gosh, be? I don't know. That's what 30, 40, 50 stories tall. So you're saying what you're saying is if this tree does fall down, oh, someone's going to hear. Somebody will it. hear. It. You, I would think Somebody's so. Somebody's going to care. Yeah, someone's going to hear that. 53 so, stories. 53 stories high. And how old would something like that be? It's just so ancient and so beautiful to think about that, right? And at the same time, you know, as I'm reading this article in the Smithsonian, remember a couple of weeks ago there was that the news story about the Amazon is it's burning. on fire. Right. And, of course, that's a reality, right? Because all around the Amazon are people who burn it regularly to, you know, make farmers' fields. But as I understand, fields. there was nothing breaking about that news story. No, that it's was a constant. A, right. But it was kind of sold as if there's like a giant uncontrolled fire no, in the Amazon. No. which. No was misleading and really not helpful no. to the overall cause. People who are, you know, on the fringes of society are trying to find some sort of, right. you know, farming area that they can make their own. But it's so beautiful and to think that something so incredible is so fragile and potentially under attack as well. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate to cut a tree down? Oh, I sure oh do. My yeah. Gosh. But more than don't you love Have you ever climbed a tree? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, oh, is that the best thing in the world? It is. It is really to sit way really up high. Fun. Yeah, wouldn't you love to go see the redwoods? Have you seen the redwoods? No, have I've you, not. Mike? No, but I want to. Oh, me too. Yeah, I would love to do it that. It's glorious. I want to climb them. Just sit up there for a long time. They don't Build let a you tree climb house. them, John. They let you probably climb. They're them. not. Cl- you're not climbing them. I, I think you probably could you do like a little pulley thing. Right. Yeah, you're not climbing choo, choo, a redwood. Choo, choo. I can promise. All right. Hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. John and Kathy Show It's a really big shoe. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.